This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. We want to hear from you right now. Text us at 918-262-5072. All right, welcome back as we approach the 2 o'clock hour here on the Blitz 1170, live from the Ike Al Studios, serving four generations of Tulsa since 1908. Stop by with your Chili Bowl ticket or your wristband for 15% off there at Ike's during the Chili Bowl this week. My name is Jeremy Poplin. That is Matt Hubbard. Thank you for tuning in this afternoon. Let's hit up the hotline and welcome in from the Oklahoma, Jacob Unruh, who joins us now here on the Blitz 1170. What's up, Jacob? How are you doing today, man? I'm good, Jeremy. How about you guys? Well, man, hanging in there. I hear we uh, caught you at the perfect time at the uh, Mickey D's <laughs> for a little stop there. So yeah. Is there yeah, a go- Turnpike on the way to Manhattan? <laughs> is there a know? go-to order uh, through through Mickey D's when you go there? I usually do a double quarter pounder with cheese, but since I'm going to be driving here in a second eating, I didn't do that. You know what? Would you give like two McDoubles then? That's pr- that I you know what? That is way smarter than I would be because man, I'm telling you, that double quarter pounder, I don't care what anyone says is delicious. Um so yeah. it's either that or I rock with just the the old school 10 piece chicken nugget. Give me some hot mu- hot spicy okay. mustard and let's let's roll. That's and me. I and I'd be good. If I, if I'm driving, I just would have the quarter pounder this thing I kind of adjust. You know, I just, <laughs> I don't know why. I, just, uh, yeah, I, I do it. can't handle this double while I'm driving. I got to make sure that I yeah. handle the and single. It's, well, and it's, it's, it's weird because, um, it, it's weird because when I, uh, when I do the, when I order a double quarter pounder, I, I can't have the onions or pickles on it. Okay. I don't know why, but I can on a single. And I can do it on a single, but I can't do it on a double. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. I'm strange. I think it's because I ordered it that way when I was a kid, and I've never changed it. And so if I have onions and pickles on my double quarter pounder, I think it's just not any good. Dude, that is spectacular. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> love the little idiosyncrasies that each each individual has yeah. on their specific orders. Uh, all right. Outside of McDonald's, uh, we'll get to basketball here in just a bit. Um, I do have to ask you, though, before we get to anything Oklahoma State related, what um, – what were your thoughts on that just enthralling national championship game last night with TCU and with the Georgia Bulldogs? Uh, my thoughts were I stopped watching at halftime. I said, I think I'm done here. <laughs> and uh, I'm good. And I would check a score later, and all of a sudden it was 52-7, to and I thought, I made the right call. I'm going to keep watching the uh, John Dutton family here and uh, call it good. <laughs> Trust me, you you as as almost someone that I, I I more than anything, Jacob was just finished watching to see if there was anything that funny that happened on the broadcast, if we could pull any audio okay. from anything. Um with that said though, I mean, did you find yourself trying to talk yourself into TCU before the game? Or were you pro Georgia the entire way? I was mostly pro Georgia, but I thought, you know, I've been again I I feel like I've been picking wrong on TCU most of the year, so Maybe there's a chance, but I was like, I was worried. I was like, this might, Georgia might just blow them away here. And it made me nervous. I was like, I just think, I kind of thought the winner of Georgia-Ohio State was going to win the national title anyways. And so I just, I was nervous the whole time. (laughs) But I was trying to talk myself into it. I just couldn't do it. 
Well, as we move on to uh, to OSU here, um, look, I think the writing was on the on the wall a few days ago about what Oklahoma State was trying to do from a portal perspective with a quarterback when Armstrong decided, you know what, I'm going to stay here in the ACC. And um, that, you know, played a role in Oklahoma State now with their next quarterback out of the transfer portals, a young man that people are a little bit familiar with. You may have to think back for a little while. But a guy that kind of fits at least the mold of what Mike Gundy has talked about with an an elder statesman that has experience. And I said earlier that that kind of fits what I feel like that that Gundy likes more than anything is a is a certain level of experience. And it's it's kind of a good stop uh, stopgap, right, Jacob, for for what's coming with Flores in the quarterback out of Nebraska. Um, but as you tweeted, seemingly kind of out of nowhere with Alan Bowman. Yeah, I, well, first of all, I when, when Alan Bowman announced it yesterday, I thought, "Who? Is he Alan <laughs> Bowman?" Like I just was, I didn't, I didn't know he still existed, honestly. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Like I just completely, he completely fallen off my radar. Didn't know he was in the portal. Didn't know he was at Michigan anymore. And to see that guy pop up, I thought, "Huh, all right." And then got to look and was like, "Okay, remember him playing a little bit." Um, I don't remember him particularly that well, but I remember some things and I thought, you know, okay, like this guy, uh, this, this guy could still play. So, um, I just, I think it's upside in that you got a guy that you might hit gold with and that'd be great. And then you've got a guy that if not, you, and he gets beat out by one of the young guys, he's still a veteran presence for these guys. Yeah. Kind of a Um, win-win all the way around, right? Yeah, that's what I think. I mean, I don't think he's going to wow necessarily. Like he might, he might struggle, and he's not mobile by any means. I mean, he's, you know, he's a guy that that doesn't run like Spencer Sanders did, but you know, he could throw the ball around the yard. So maybe there's some, there's some upside for that. But I just, I did not see this one coming. That was not who I expected them to get. Um, but I don't know who I expected them to get either after they lost Brennan Armstrong. Yeah, so it was kind of a yeah kind of a weird thing. And I, I think to to your point, one, I mean, he is he is everything that you think of from a from a pocket passer perspective. Uh, there's not a ton of movement that's going to be there, at least going off of what I remember about him in the past. Uh, but it it does. It, this is the position that they were in, right? Because you got this late in the game when there's only eight days left in the portal actually being open. You kind of needed a decision on what you were going to do, and the portal was kind of down to slim pickings at this time. There really weren't a whole lot of options that were left. No, and that's the thing, and I, that's why I said I didn't know Alan Bowman existed. More of a joke. Like I didn't know he was in the portal. I had no idea, and so. Um, I guess maybe they're looking for the, the diamond in the rough. You know what? Maybe maybe Mike Gundy's playing chess or we're playing checkers. I don't know. But it just seemed like it was such a surprise. But you can't wait this long to get these guys in that position to where, you know, that's that's the biggest thing, the mistake they made here is that they've waited so long that they, they kind of put themselves in a position where you got to get a guy that a lot of people even forget even still plays college football. Yeah, it's um it is definitely going to be an interesting spring, that's for sure with with uh with this team mm-hmm. and just to see how everything ends up wrapping up with the remaining days that are left in the portal. Got a, a D3 wide receiver uh as well to add on to this list and then what happens with with spring football. So 
Um, as as the uh, page starts to turn a little bit uh, towards more focus on basketball, at least we know who potentially is going to be the signal caller, the veteran there at Oklahoma State. So uh, tonight's basketball game, which is a little bit of an earlier start, 5 o'clock right here on the Blitz 1170 with the pregame. Curious for your thoughts on Oklahoma State basketball off of the Texas loss. I, I know that you're you're down a very important player, but it also, in a weird way, feels like that you kind of let Texas get away with one uh, at times. You held them to a, a point total that hasn't been done in a while. Like, very rarely do teams hold them under 70. Your offense didn't necessarily come to play, and I just felt like after that game, I felt, oh, man, that was a real opportunity there, even without one of your better players, to come away with a victory against Texas. It was a missed opportunity. Um they should have, you know, if they could have finished late, they could have beat beat that Texas team. But, um, you know, I think I think there's a lot of growth still from this team. I still look at it and think this team's really improved a lot in a lot of different ways, even offensively. It didn't look like it on Saturday. Um, but I think, you know, I think people tend to forget there's two teams playing sometimes. And mm-hmm. um, Texas' defense is – yeah, Texas' defense gave up 116 a couple nights before to Kansas State. Um but all the teams in Texas have played before that, uh, including Gonzaga, um, only two, I think, had gotten into 80s on Texas before that, and it took overtime each time to do that. And so Texas defense isn't just a pushover. They just had a really, really miserable night against Kansas State. And obviously Kansas State's one of the hottest teams in the country right now, too. So I think there's a lot of different ways to look at this. Um, missed opportunity, I think, is the right way to look at it because I think OSU can look at this later and go, crap, we should have had this game when it comes towards the resume time. But uh, – you know, there's still plenty of opportunities. Um, tonight's an opportunity to go out and knock off a team that's red hot and everything. But I, I like where this team is moving. It's just a matter of can they finish these tight games late because um, they're going to have a lot of them. You know, Boynton, for the most part, um, I, I don't know. I find the whole um, comments on Boone after the game fascinating, at least to me. Because even Mike prefaced this by saying, listen, I'm I'm usually pretty positive when it comes to talking about players in a public setting on this. But when, when he was talking about uh, the 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 Boone performance overall and how how well that he played in the second half, like his response was, Well, basically, yeah, but that's his hundred and second game. Like he should be doing this to this point, right? And then had some other things that were following up. So is this a little bit more of I don't want to call it a tone change with with Mike Boyton on this, but you're starting to hear a few things here and there where it's not necessarily over the top sunshine pumper esque from Mike Boynton when it when it comes to this point in the season. I think there's frustrations and I think there's a little bit of urgency, I think from Mike, you know, even with Caleb, I think it's a, it's a frustration because the inconsistency throughout four years. Um, But I also think there's a, there's a bit of urgency. He's trying to deliver to the team too. Like, Hey, like they've got to start figuring out ways to win some games. They want to get in the postseason and Caleb's going to be a big part of that. And so, you know, I think the the gloves are coming off a little bit in regard like that. Mike is up the pressure the last month and a half, to be honest. Um, And so I think, I think that's what we're, and, you know, Mike's still overly positive and, and, you know, he loves Caleb. He really does. I mean, he's seen, he's known Caleb for a really, really long time now, but um, I think he's just trying to push some buttons to get players to go a little bit further now to try to get into the, into the tournament. 
Yeah, I think more consistency. I think more than anything else, because he realizes yeah. that there is a there's an absolute window and a path here right now with how good the conference is and where his faith and his team is at that they can they can get in on this. And he was asked about um, being more consistent on offense. They've been better on defense, but there's still this. There's still this sense, and it reminds me, the only thing I can think of is back in the day, I remember like some of Kelvin Sampson's teams at OU would go on these incredible like scoring droughts where you'd look up and it'd be like seven or eight minutes and they might have one fuel goal. Uh, maybe not quite to the level with Oklahoma State, but there are moments where their offense just completely falls off of a cliff in stretches of games and important stretches too. Yeah, you know, and they've worked to solve that. I think the offense is better. Um, but they all have those the, those spurts their day were just they were, were so so bad. Um, they haven't had spurts quite like that this season. It's like where they go 11 minutes or almost nine minutes, you know, without a field goal. Um, but they've got to figure out a way to create offense somehow. Um, the other day they ran the problem with the Texas defense that I thought was just as athletic, if not more athletic, than OSU's team. And they're not going to run into that a ton because um, I still think OSU is one of the more athletic teams in the country. Um, but Texas is too. And so I think they kind of got shut down with athleticism a little bit and it's something they're going to have to adjust to. They adjusted and got better shots. They just didn't fall. And so I think we've seen some growth, but you're right. Those spurts, they've got to figure out a way to even, if they made free throws, the spurts don't look as bad. They missed a bunch of free throws the other day, Um, but they got to figure out a way to create somehow to get the basket. And if you get Musa back, maybe that helps too, because you got Musa on the rim and, can kind of get some, you know, help some more help there too. But I like the way they played without Musa, even. Um, but I just, you know, they've got to figure out a way to just not go through these long droughts. What is the uh, latest on Musa and his status for tonight? I don't. I, we, we're not sure. Um, you know, I know he was progressing, and he just didn't practice last week, so Mike wasn't comfortable putting him out there, and he wanted to play. So uh, I think the chances are that he could play tonight. Uh, final one. Things don't get any easier at all in this conference, do they? I mean, this Kansas State team no. has has shown time and time again so far this season that they are legit. Uh, they're a legit threat here, and they you could make an argument that they might be the best team in the entire conference. Uh, tonight's going to be uh, one of those, hey, bring your hard hat and your lunch pail. We got to go to work because uh, uh, even on the road at, at, at Manhattan, is just a, it's a hornet's nest walking into it. Well, yeah, and it's already been announced as a sellout tonight, so it's going to be, <laughs> be madness. And um, you know, I mean, they're red hot. They're fourteen and one. They just beat a bunch of top twenty-five teams on the road, and um, so they're going to be they're going to be red hot. But um, you know, Marquise Noel is one of the hottest players in the country right now, averaging I think twenty-five points a game right now in Big Twelve play. I think in three games, and just going crazy. And um, oh, she's going to have to come and just I think the defense is really going to carry the way tonight, and they're going to find a way to get some buckets late. They will indeed. Uh, Jacob, safe travels, man. Thank you so much for jumping on with us here on the Blitz, and uh, we'll check in again with you soon. All right, thanks. All right, thanks. That's uh, Jacob Unruh joining us here on the Blitz 1170 on the road to Manhattan for the showdown this afternoon. Didn't ask him really where he was at. I know he was on the turnpike, but he's got plenty of time to get there, I think. Eh, Yeah, he was on the Wichita turnpike, so I feel like he's probably pretty close, right? I will say... And I've been there before where Jacob's at. You get that McDonald's. And the thing about McDonald's, is it great for you? No. But you cannot deny the smell of a McDonald's order 
when that bag is handed to you and it wafts through the window into your car through the drive through and it doesn't matter what it is, McDonald's has that very distinct smell. You know, when people do like the taste test challenges with the different sodas, and it's it, you see it all the time, and it's not anything that's new, but you have someone that's like, ah, I don't drink anything but Pepsi. Like, yeah, yeah, I bet you can't tell the difference between Coke, and they do the blind taste test. Dude, I'm telling you, I think McDonald's has such a distinct, delicious smell to it that it smells unlike any other when you walk in or you get the order through the actual bag in your car. So what you're saying is you can smell the difference? Like, yeah, I think so. I think you, and, and I don't eat there all the time, but I can, it's still something that's just burned into your brain about McDonald's smell. Whether it's the two cheeseburgers, it doesn't matter if it's the Big Mac, it doesn't matter if it's the quarter pounder or the double. It it's it just very distinct. Oh, that's McDonald's smell to it. It's the fries. The fries probably have a lot to do with it. They do. And then you work there, and you probably go home smelling like that every night. Because it happened to me. Worked at Mazio's for five years, and there was a point where I was just done with pizza in general. Couldn't even, like, not even just the smell of it. Any of it. And it, not just mad, like pizza in general, right? When you're around it for that long. You're could like, you Oof. eat pizza like once a week now? Uh, I mean, I could. I'd choose not to. Well, yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, has your love of pizza returned? Yeah, pizza is delicious and will always be delicious. But during that stretch, it was... I, yeah, pizza, pizza had had enough of me and I had had enough of it at the time. <laughs> All right, it's 2.15. Don't forget, 5 o'clock today with the pregame for Oklahoma State and Kansas State. So Colby is out early this afternoon. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back uh, with more next here on the Blitz 1170. That is Matt Hubbard broadcasting live from the Ike's Chili House studio, serving four generations of Tulsans since 1908 here on the Blitz 1170. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.